Welcome to the Nutritional Outlook Podcast. I'm Jennifer Grebo, Editor-in-Chief of Nutritional Outlook Magazine. And I'm Sebastian Kravitz, Editor. We are your podcast hosts. Nutritional Outlook is a multimedia publishing brand and leading informational resource for manufacturers of dietary supplements and healthy foods and natural products. In this episode of the Nutritional Outlook Podcast, we're interviewing Pailene Thorogood, co-founder and executive chair of Radical Science, to talk about the results of Radical's new study, the Radical ACEs, that's Advancing CBD Education and Science Study. This study looked at the health benefits of different hemp-derived CBD products. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor with Pailene Thorogood. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Welcome back. We are joined today by Palin Thorogood, co-founder and executive chair of Radical Science. We're looking forward to talking about the results of the Radical ACES study and learning more about Radical Science's approach to clinical research. Thank you so much for joining us today, Palin. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure to have you. Um, Pailene, um, let's, how about let's start with learning more about yourself and your background and how you kind of got into um, this industry. Sure. Uh, very briefly, um, my background is engineer by education, and I've been the world of big data, data and analytics my entire career, initially starting with really defining a, what we call digital marketing today in, the, in its very early days as chief marketing officer as of Website Story, the company that really defined it all. We went public in 2004. From there, as CEO of a company that was a spin-off, a predictive multi-channel analytics company, award-winning across the board. So it's really about bringing evidence-based thinking into many industries through my career. And um, I'm very, very excited to actually bring that kind of thinking into medicine, into precision medicine, specifically around non-prescription uh, health products, which don't get the same kind of focus as uh, most of the prescription products. So as you mentioned in your opening, um, in December, Radical Science released uh, the preliminary results of its ACEs study, uh, which was an open label randomized controlled trial with a sample population of nearly 3,000 subjects. Now that examined the therapeutic benefits of 13 different hemp-derived CBD products across five health outcomes. Those outcomes being well-being, quality of life, long-term pain, feelings of anxiety, and sleep quality. Now, before we get into the results themselves, I wonder if you could tell me about uh, radical science and its approach to research, and then we can get into the design of the study. Absolutely. That would be my pleasure. So a radical science uh, that I co-founded it with uh, Dr. Jeff Chen, uh, who brings in the medical side and medical rigor into our, um, our entity, it's a transformative healthcare B Corp. We offer um, the first ever scalable path to both validate and predict the health effects of non-prescription health products. We started with cannabinoids, which is, of course, the focus of our study, but our goal is to really bring in this kind of evidence-based thinking into across-the-board non-prescription health products, like I said at the beginning, that don't get uh, the focus of most of the clinical trials. 
as you guys know, uh, cannabinoids are used by tens of millions of Americans, but unfortunately, there is scant data on their effectiveness, especially of the commercially available products which don't get a clinical trial uh, focus. So that's really our, um, that's our, has been our focus. And our uh, objective is not even just providing effect information about product effectiveness, but by collecting data at scale uh, from a very diverse population of participants, heterogeneous population of participants, be able to collect this data to be able to then analyze it and provide much more personalized, much more targeted information about specific demographics and behaviors and how different people may get effects differently. That's very different than having a narrow approach to having averages. So it's a very unique approach. And um, clinical trials uh, traditionally are very expensive, as you guys know, they cost millions of dollars, they take many years, and oftentimes because of their cost model also use very intentionally homogeneous populations to study. So with our uh, focus at Radical Science, we, we like to remove all of these friction points from clinical trials to make them much less expensive, much, much faster, so we can actually from start to finish collect this data and do this at scale so that we're collecting data from these heterogeneous populations to get to that precision medicine model to be able to collect data from everyone so we can predict those variations on the theme from the, these different backgrounds. And uh, in terms of how we do it, um, the primary focus has been by, first of all, taking them to be virtual trials versus physical trials. So that's a very important distinction uh, so that we can, first of all, make them less expensive, but also reach much larger populations. We also go direct to consumer. We don't have to go through academic institutions or CROs. We can actually reach the consumers. We recruit them ourselves. They join our studies. It's very, very simple to do these studies because they can basically do it from anywhere they have internet access, from their mobile phones, from computers. And it doesn't take a lot of effort yet they still have a lot of rigor because our studies uh, have been designed, first of, first of all, by academic professionals and a lot of medical professionals, but also use uh, validated indices to be able to ensure that the outcomes we're looking at, pain, sleep, anxiety, et cetera, are leveraging what would be traditionally used for these kinds of conditions. So we maintain scientific rigor but we're able to actually make it so much faster and cheaper by going virtual and going direct to consumer and also be able to recruit a tremendously diverse population that is also very large in number. Great, Pauline. That's, that's such an interesting approach. Can you talk to us a little more about the ACES study? What did you do there? And, you know, how did you apply all of those um, components to that study? Absolutely. So, um, as um, was mentioned earlier, it is indeed the largest longitudinal randomized control trial of cannabinoids in history. So we did recruit 3000 people and we did that pretty quickly. As I said, we went direct to consumer and it was very important for us to maintain rigor, not just through the study design using validated indices, but also getting IRB approval or institutional review board approval so that the safety uh, elements of the study was actually approved by an external party. And that's how most clinical trials are done. So that was super important for us. And uh, we basically leveraging IRB, leveraging our validated indices across the different dimensions of the study and having a very large population. Uh, we also want to make sure that we work with both very large as well as smaller brands. So we wanted to show 
showcase that our approach can really bring in uh, the power of a, a clinical trial to anyone. So you will note that some of uh, the participants, because they were all mentioned in the press release, are you know very large publicly traded companies. We also have smaller entrants who have great products and they wanted to see uh, and understand the effectiveness of their products. So we basically, what we'd call democratize access to clinical trials with our approach. Excellent. And speaking of effectiveness, so across these five health out- outcomes, um, again, they were well-being, quality of life, longer-term pain, feelings of anxiety, sleep quality. What were the effects of CBD supplementation on the study population? Yeah, we've had some very uh, positive outcomes. Um, One of them is uh, participants experiencing 71% improvement in their well-being on average. So that's um, really, uh, you know, significant change. The other ones are really using the term called clinically meaningful improvement, which is how, again, clinical trials are typically report in changes and improvements. So these are really, really good numbers uh, talking to the clinicians. 63% of the participants experienced a clinically meaningful improvement in anxiety. 61% experienced clinically meaningful improvement in sleep quality. 47% experienced clinically meaningful improvement in pain. And 61% of the participants actually reported having an effect within one to four hours of taking the product. So the onset of the effectiveness is also rather quick. So these are some of the things that we're very happy to see across the board, across all of the, um, the arms of the study on average. In terms of individual results, uh, those have been reported back to the brands and it's up to them to share, but you know, we're at liberty to be able to share the aggregate results of the study. So is there any data you can share on the how different types of extracts and dosages affected these outcomes so without having to name any kind of brands or anything like that? So uh, we are in the midst of analyzing those various dimensions, understanding how dosage how delivery methods, et cetera, have an impact on the effect. And if they have an effect uh, based on the demographics or the behaviors of the population uh, of the participants. So we are in the midst of studying that and we will have a press release on that within the next month. So we'll be very happy to share that with you guys when we release it. Again, these will not be uh, talking about individual brands, but really exploring uh, the various considerations uh, consumers may have as in terms of what they should be taking for sleep or pain based on, you know, being a, a white female of a certain age group and things like that. So we'll be actually providing that kind of information um, and talking about which products may have better impact across these different dimensions we discussed, as well as if the dosages and the delivery methods actually had a a varying effect on people. Well, that's such key information. Um, Pauline, where do we go from here? You know, research often creates additional questions and points for exploration. So does Radical have any plans to further expand on this research? Absolutely. And we've already uh, started doing quite a bit on this. Um, last quarter, we had a pretty large scale study on CBD and other cannabinoid effectiveness on sleep. It was a real-world evidence study. It was an open-label study where, you know, various brands had provided their products to us, and they've gone through, again, a very rigorous, randomized, controlled trial, uh, open-label, and understanding how their products, that included different ingredients, it wasn't just pure CBD products, how they affected uh, sleep. 
And this quarter, as we start this new year, we have multiple new trials that are starting and they are actually adding an additional level of rigor. They're gonna be blinded placebo controlled trials. So the participants will not know at the beginning what they're gonna be taking. They will of course be unblinded at the end. They will know they'll be taking one of variety of things. They just will not know which one they're taking. And we'll be studying various things. We'll be studying pain and understanding how CBD and how some of the other minors may affect pain. We'll be studying THCV and how it may impact energy and focus. And we'll also have a focus on CBN specifically to see how CBN at higher doses versus the smaller amounts that may be found in typical um, full spectrum products may impact sleep. Again, in all of these cases, these will be blinded placebo controlled trials with multiple arms, which each of the arms having different formulations as well as different dosages, you know, depends on how, how the trials are and uh, the and we'll be unblinding the participants so that we'll find out what actually works and for whom. Terrific. And, you know, during this, during these studies that you've been conducting, were there any interesting insights into Radical's own processes? Um, what might Radical, for example, do differently um, in a different trial coming up, you know? And, you know, what can other researchers learn from Radical and how they approach their own research? Great question. Uh, so one of the interesting things we found out is that um, women appear to be the primary decision makers regarding which supplements are purchased in the house, regardless of who is taking it, you know, whether it's the male participants in the house, the children, the, et cetera. So there is definitely a specific demographic that purchases it regardless of who's using it. So uh, we realize it's very important for us to not just recruit on purchase behavior, but making sure we actually increase the diversity of the, uh, the pool really to make sure everybody else is included as well. And this has actually been kind of humorous because typical clinical trials are mostly white men. And at the beginning, we realized we're actually uh, recruiting most of women. So in a way, we're doing a bit of a balancing act, but that was not the desire. We really wanted to be a representation of the population at large. So we have changed our recruitment focus to really ensure diversity that represents the population. So that's been one thing. And I would really like to see that in clinical research in general, because that's one of the reasons many of the findings that may be very relevant to the specific study population and traditional clinical trials may not apply to the population at large because they may, they may, they may not be of the same gender, the ethnicity, pre-existing conditions and things like that. So to me, having that incorporated is key. And that's one of our main focuses. And we are very aware of it. And we add to our recruitment methods to ensure that we are indeed fulfilling our commitment to diversity and inclusion from a population heterogeneity perspective. So that's key. The other one is ensuring that we collect information on both other uh, medications used so we can understand how whether CBD or other supplements may help, um, you know, uh, these population, uh, these other medications or possibly even uh, change uh, their side effects uh, profile. So it's really important to understand that. And last but not least, ensuring we collect pre-existing conditions to see, again, how that may reflect in terms of changes in effect, effect, effectiveness. So these are all the additional dimensions we continue to add to our trials to make sure that the results are not just interesting on aggregate, but also can provide that precision medicine dimension that is our ultimate objective. That's so interesting to see, you know, 
just these continual improvements, you know, as, as you go along and just what a difference it will make to the data coming out of this. So fantastic. Um, another question, uh, clearly there's a need and therefore an opportunity for research in the CBD space. Why is Radical's approach so well suited for studying CBD specifically? You know, what are the major challenges and roadblocks that Radical helps overcome for the hemp CBD and cannabinoid space that may not exist for other ingredient categories? So that's really actually how um, the roots of Radical started because uh, um, I was uh, after you know my uh, you know years in big data and analytics. I actually started a nonprofit called Holistic Research and Education Foundation to study cannabinoids uh, to understand their effectiveness because of how they helped our family and I want to actually give back by actually, you know, studying and doing research. So during that experience of many years, I realized how the federal regulations have made it so difficult for academic institutions that we were funding uh, for CROs to be able to study commercially available products. So we could study the cannabidiol molecule, the CBD molecule, but who takes that, right? Unless you're taking a pure isolate. So typically you end up getting either a broad spectrum or a full spectrum product, oftentimes with a bunch of other ingredients. Yet we were unable to study what you and I could buy at Whole Foods or Sprouts. We were not able to study that at a university setting, which is illogical, except that is just how it is given some of the federal restrictions. So I was feeling the pain. And interestingly enough, my co-founder and a friend, Dr. Jeff Chen, who was the founder and um, the uh, former direct executive director of the UCLA Cannabis Initi Research Initiative was going through the same exact problems. Here they had an amazing university where their goal is to study them. and dozens if not hundreds of companies came to them to be studied yet ucla could not actually allow them to be studied they had to study only few federally allowed compounds so we knew that federal regulations were actually putting a hamper on what consumers were purchasing yet were unable to find out information about their effectiveness and so we wanted to given our goal as a nonprofit person on my end and as a researcher on this end, we knew that there was a massive need that we could not fulfill from our existing places. So we came together, bringing together our backgrounds to be able to actually deliver a very different approach to be able to answer those questions around commercially available products. So we could actually deliver information, deliver evidence-based data on their effectiveness for different population groups for different conditions. And finally, uh, my last question, um, we're recording this at the start of the new year. Uh, so it's a time of reflection as well as a time of looking forward ahead. Um, clearly, radical science has had some major accomplishments, um, but the work never ends. Um, so what are some major goals for radical science in the near and long term future that you'd like to share with us? No, you're right. The, the goal never ends. And um, I'd like to remind um, your uh, your listeners that we are a B Corp, a public benefit corporation. So for us, uh, our goal is really to inform the public in general. So we have many goals. The, one of the most important be, uh, one being providing the insights needed for consumers to be able to make better decisions for their own health. So with that in mind, uh, our near-term goals are about exploring the health effects of minor cannabinoids, which are coming more and more to the forefront versus just CBD, and of combinations thereof may actually have different health effects for the conditions most often used, uh, for the conditions people use these products for most often, such as anxiety, sleep, pain, um, mental clarity, focus, etc. So 
definitely focusing on that. The second one is around the entourage effect that people have been talking about. Is there actually a benefit of having these products come together, such as eating an orange, versus having them individually, such as taking a vitamin C pill? What is that effect if that actually exists? So we really want to understand the difference between isolate products, broad spectrum products, and full spectrum products, and share that information, again, back with the public, as well as with the healthcare professionals. Um, also, um, as we will share within the next month, we want to be able to understand the variations on the theme of how different dosages, how different delivery methods may have different effects on different conditions, as well as possibly on different population groups. And also, as I mentioned at the beginning, cannabinoids are really where we first started because that's where we had felt the pain deeply given our previous backgrounds uh, for Jeff and myself. But we believe this problem exists actually for the broader non-prescription uh, health products category. Uh, people really would need information about microbiome products, about functional mushrooms, all these other things that we can go buy anywhere. Our children can go buy them in many places, yet we do not understand how much we need to take for which conditions other than just the anecdotal conversations. Some people believe they work, other people believe they don't work. Where's the data? So our goal really is to be able to collect relevant, rigorous, and large-scale data on the effectiveness of many of these non-prescription products to be able to understand this, their effectiveness, to predict their effectiveness for different population groups, and then give it back to the public so that we can actually empower consumers to be able to better take care of their own health. Well, it's so fascinating for us to see. I know that the industry will be watching and that we'll be watching, you know, better, more research is always needed in the nutraceutical space and then in the cannabinoid space. So I think that we're looking forward to seeing everything that comes out of Radical in the next few years uh, and beyond. So um, thank you so much, Pilene. I wanted to thank you for your time. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. And thanks for all the good work that you and your team have been doing. Thank you so much, guys. We so appreciate you guys sharing the news with your audience because it's about getting the word out so that we can hopefully collectively help close that trust gap with information about what works for whom, for which conditions, so that we can all take care of our own health in the, with the most relevant and rigorous data possible. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Nutritional Outlook podcast. We are very pleased to take you behind the headlines and provide expert insights from industry leaders. Remember, you can always find us on the web at nutritionaloutlook.com, on LinkedIn and Facebook, and on Twitter at NutritionalO. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Nutritional Outlook, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email Editor-in-Chief Jennifer Grebo at jgrebo at mghlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mghlifesciences.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.